How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Awesome. So you ready to talk about Cicada? We can. I thought we were going to talk about crypto. I knew it was a C word. <laughs> there are other C words, but let's just stick to crypto, shall we? What's your favorite C word? I know my favorite C word is. I can't tell you on the air. Really? Yeah. No, I can say mine though. But, uh, yeah. Uh, great mystery of the universe. This is episode number 36. Welcome back. We missed you. Now, if you're listening to this with someone new, let me introduce myself. Hello, I am Alvin Chia. Nice to meet you. Yeah, this is our 17 Minutes Podcast. This one is just for you, so we're glad you're here with us. Now, all you got to do is lay back, kick off your shoes, and enjoy the next 17 minutes with my old friends, LaFool and A. Crypto. There was a video. I don't know whose idea it was to watch that video. Was it yours or was it mine? Which video? The video with... Oh, Brian Keating over at uh, San Diego talking to, what was the dude's name, Sailor? Michael Sailor. Yeah, that was me. I sent that over to you. Michael Sailor is the man. He's totally awesome. In that video, I finally had a better grasp of crypto than I've ever had. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so then we're going to put that video into the comments. Yep. Yeah, good. He breaks it down. So Michael is like an MIT graduate. Is that right? I honestly don't know. Pretty sure he's MIT. Overall, he's a real smart guy. One of these guys who figured it out. And he kind of explains in very simple language to people the importance of cryptocurrency and how it ties into the bigger picture. There's a lot of skeptics out there and he just kind of cuts through all the BS. Because he's saying, basically, the economy is in trouble right now. Within the next 48 months, a large chunk of people's savings is going to just disappear. It's going to lose its value. What does that mean? Savings in the bank? Like just cold, hard cash in the bank? If I've got $20,000 in the bank, am I suddenly not going to have $20,000 in the bank? Let's just say in the next 48 months that the dollar collapses. How much is that money in the bank going to have in value to you? It depends. The dollar can collapse externally and foreign countries won't be buying goods, etc. We won't be able to buy foreign goods. But that doesn't mean that a dollar isn't still worth a dollar here. It doesn't mean I still can't buy a dollar menu item at a fast food restaurant. I think he was talking bigger picture, but that's a good question. I don't know. On the individual level, the year is uh, 2010. You're $25,000. You can put into the bank. You can put into gold. You can put into cryptocurrency. The difference is if you had $25,000 and put into cryptocurrency back then, you'd have basically got it for about a buck. So you had 25000 crypto. I think it's like $500 million that you have right now. By crypto, you mean Bitcoin, because that's where it all started, right? One of the things he talks about is Bitcoin and the blockchains. But he mentions the guy who's like a big time skeptic on cryptocurrency. And he's like, if this guy had been a skeptic on it, you know, he would be a 10 billionaire right now. Back when it first came out, it was a really good time to invest in it. A lot of people did. And they kept saying, oh, it's something, something's going to happen. Something, something's, anything can go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. You know, what if? They're all that giant what if. But that's true about anything, whether you're talking about crypto or whether you're talking about stocks. Anything could go wrong with any of those things, right? And if you look at the market over time, it's up and down and it crashes and it burns and it rises like a phoenix. Look at gold prices over 100 years. They've fluctuated everywhere from under $200 an ounce. Uh, right now, I think it's running right around two grand an ounce. 
And even in the last two years, it's been hugely up and down, I would say. I think in 2019, there was a point where it was skimming $1,200 an ounce. Everything is up and down. I don't think that people who question whether or not an investment is appropriate or secure should be naysayed. Okay. If all you have to your name is $25,000, you don't have foresight to know that that $25,000 could turn into a $500 million boon, right? You have no idea. That twenty five grand could be gone in the next year if that new platform or if that new stock falls apart. It's very easy to sit here now going, yay, Bitcoin's at $60,000. And it's very easy to look back and say, we should have, could have, would have. March 2010, gold was at 1340 bucks an ounce. If you had done your market research and put your money into Bitcoin, then it would have way more substantial value than even gold does to this day. Let's just look beyond that. And one of the things he talks about in this video is, let's say that you have, and think he said like $100 million, which is obviously more than you and I have. But if you have $100 million in gold and you're in LA and you need to get that to Japan, it's going to take a month and $240,000, where with Bitcoin, it's just a click of a button. But in 2008, 2009, the understanding of how Bitcoin was going to change the economy and how it could do things was minimal. It was new. Nobody knew exactly how it was going to function. People in general are not big risk takers. So if all you've got is $25,000 and you don't know how that thing is going to work and whether or not it's stable, you're not going to invest your $25,000 in it. Maybe if you've got a little bit of adventure in you, you might have dropped two or $3,000 into it. If you had dropped two or $3,000 into it back then, you would have still been okay. If you're just following the charts, follow the gold charts, follow the Bitcoin charts, Bitcoin has increased 200% every year for the past 10 years. But there were no charts back then of Bitcoin. You're looking at all of this from a lens that says we can see the whole history of Bitcoin and how insanely profitable it has been for people who took the risk. But nobody had that understanding in 2010 or whenever it got started. That's all I'm saying is like, don't ask somebody to look back and say, well, you know, what could you or should you have done? Why do it? It's not like you can go back and change it. Okay, well, you might be able to go back and change it, but then you start looking forward. Okay, it's been 10 years now. What's the excuse now? I think there's a balance that you need to strike. I'm always wary of anyone who immediately dismisses a question or a concern. But at the same time, you don't want to be asking so many questions and having so many reasons not to do something and you don't take an action. There's a whole swath of people out there on YouTube who talk about crypto. There are huge advocates for it. I think you have to take them with a grain of salt as well as the detractors from the idea. The guys out there on YouTube with sort of clickbaity titles and used car salesman attitudes and styles. I don't necessarily want to listen to them because they're trying to sell me something, but I also don't want to be the person who has so many concerns that I'm not able to even consider the possibility that cryptocurrency is a uh, viable idea and something worth investing in. And that's what he's saying in the thing. He uses the example of a guy up at the North Pole and the government turns the temperature down 10 degrees. And there's a guy standing at the front of an igloo. And he's like, you can come inside for a buck. And the guy's like, ah, no, no, I'm not really sure what's inside. It might be a little dark in there. And all of a sudden, the government turns the temperature down 10 more degrees. 
Now the price is 10 bucks. He's like, eh, I don't know. You know, I'll stick out here and the government turns the temperature down 10 more degrees. And he's like, you know, I don't know. Now the guy's charging a hundred bucks. Eventually the guy's charging a hundred thousand bucks to get into the front. And you're just like, I'm not really sure you're going to die. This is one of the examples he gives in that. And that's exactly what's going on right now. It has been 10 years. If you're worried about gold prices and you should be looking at everything, if you're really looking for a solid investment, for me, cryptocurrency isn't an investment. It's a currency. Every year, it consistently goes up 200%. So there's no longer the excuse like, well, I'm not really sure. I mean, at what point do you simply have to say, okay, look, I made a mistake. I should have took a better look at this. Maybe I should invest a little bit into this. So what is this all about? This is about the blockchain. And in the age of technology, the blockchain really is everything. Like blockchain was made for Bitcoin, but it's part of everything else now. It's going to be around for a while. I just think people need to just take another look at it. I think we've been on the sort of fiat currency and the gold standard or lack of gold standard. I don't even know if that exists anymore, but we've been on that for so long and we're comfortable and all of our finance and banking institutions have built their power on that. And it's got to be terrifying that it could possibly go away. You no longer necessarily have as much control as you did before. The same thing is true for governments. I think there's a big shift that's coming. I'm a huge advocate for new technology and for crypto continuing to be a viable solution to the things that we need to do as humans in a world that now is globally interconnected. And yes, you can't just send somebody gold, right? You've got to put it on a boat and the boat sinks. Oh, well, good luck. (laughs) I'm totally down for crypto. I have my own crypto assets. I got in late. You ever thought about mining? Was it your alley? No, it's definitely not up my alley. (laughs) It's expensive. Yeah. requires someone with a great deal of knowledge as far as setting up your tech. My guess is if you were to mine well, you would need a big array of servers and then a lot of air conditioning. Yeah, that's right. If you can't mine, then you should buy. Reading the white papers back in like 2009, 10, I was like, this looks very interesting. I like Bitcoin. I like Ethereum. Litcoin has been around for a very long time. So I like the ones that kind of have a good track record. I like gold too. I definitely want to keep gold. It's just a new age. We should really have a plan because everything collapses again. There is a company that mines out of Iceland. Their electric bill is more than the entire population of Iceland. The carbon footprint for crypto is not a positive thing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. There are plenty of people who are interested in conservation and climate change and protecting the earth that will always raise that issue. I do too. But I think eventually we should get to the point that renewable energies can mine cryptocurrency. I think it's a valid point. Can't go out and mine gold. I guess I could go out and take a pan and go into the river, right? Yeah, there are shows on television that have millions of viewers for mining gold. Have you watched how hard it is for those guys up in Alaska to mine? Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. One of the other things that they discussed in this, there was just a little side note that I found of interest the origins of gold. I never realized that an ancient neutron star crash made enough gold and uranium to fill the Earth's oceans. Wait, what? They were talking about gold like... An ancient star crash. (laughs) I'm sorry, please define your term because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. An ancient neutron star crash. Where does the star crash? Stars don't crash. Two neutron stars crash into one another, 
Boom. Into one another. Got it. Okay. That explosion covered the earth with gold and uranium. And that's where all the gold and uranium on the earth comes from. And so in the ensuing million, billions of years, as Pangea formed and reshaped, it's all been sort of turned under and yes. combined with everything else that happens. That's why you want to go to the center of the earth because you think all the gold is there. Right. Now I understand your fascination by the Antarctic. I think that's where we all came from, but that's a different story. That was one thing that they mentioned in the podcast, the one with... Uh, Brian Keating, K-E-A-T-I-N-G. Now, why is that important? Bitcoin is rare. Gold is rare. And some people think, eh, well, it's have gold. It came from someplace, right? No, it didn't. It actually came from a neutron star collision, which covered the Earth so many millions of years ago. And we mine 2% more each year of gold. That's what the rate is. Now, this is something that I noticed. This doesn't have anything to do with his podcast. In the U.S. in 1920, there was a $10 gold certificate. And there was a gold certificate and a $10 silver certificate. They only printed so many of those. At the time, you could take that and you can go to the bank and they would give you $10 worth of gold. That's what it stood for. A promissory note that you had with the U.S. government that guaranteed you, if you present this note to a bank, they have to pay you that gold. And it was Nixon that didn't take us off the gold standard. He just said, hey, guess what? That contract is no longer valid. If they ask you for gold, you can tell them no. And I believe one guy was like, what? And he sued the U.S. government for it and he won the point being that we're no longer on a gold standard, but gold is still rare. That $10 gold certificate, if you find one of those these days, they're worth like five dollars to $10,000, if not more, because they only made so many of those in 1920, and they're never making them again. That's it. Right. That's how Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is very finite. Only $21 million are going to be made. And at the end, that's it. There are no more. The last one will be mine, I think, in the year 2140. But after that, Bitcoin will be more rare than gold. Why does that matter? Because that's what's going to make the price of Bitcoin continue to go up. There's no inflationary portion on Bitcoin. It's not designed to inflate. It's steady. I think personally, Bitcoin is even worth more than gold. Granted, a star is not going to crash into our atmosphere anytime soon, you know, two neutron stars. Well, also, if they did, we'd all be dead and it wouldn't matter who had Bitcoin and who didn't. Unless you live in the center of the earth and there's a whole different story, but we won't even go there. The $10 gold certificate, those are extremely rare. Bitcoin will be even more rare eventually. That's why I think it's valuable for people to take a hard look at at least having a little bit, if not for yourself, for the sake of the children. <laughs> Isn't that the American way? Apparently. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, y'all. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family.
This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. The most important thing I can say now that later may be true, the light at the end of the tunnel, may be you. Good night, everyone.